please join me in prayerful meditation as we sing about who God is and why we worship him. of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah Shalom, you're my Prince of Peace. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh. My provider, Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign, you reign in victory, Jehovah Shalom, you're my prince of peace, Lord, I worship you because of who you are, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign, you reign in victory, Jehovah Shalom. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you because you're holy. And I worship you because you're righteous. Lord, I worship you because you're faithful. Lord, I worship you. There's none like you. And I worship you. Because of who you are, Lord, I worship you because of who you are, Lord, I worship you because of who Good afternoon and welcome to all those who have tuned in with us at station KKVV, where you are listening to Sabbath service at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. You may log on to our website at www.abundantlifelv.org, or you may visit us at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada. Our contact number is 702-647-2627. We are pastored by Russell Lewars, 
and our first elder is Clarence Brown. Our speaker today is none other than Pastor Russell Lewars, and he will be bringing you a message entitled, We Need Fathers. Immediately following the musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lewars. Hear ye him. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, his child and forever I I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my soul. Redeemed, redeemed, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, his child and forever I I know that I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, his child and forever. Sister Brown, for that, those two renditions. I want to thank Jezreel for playing so nicely, and Dr. Ellis. to thank all my visitors who came to Abundant Life today and for my regular family members give me a smile Sister Marvie you know thank you yes yes 
calm my nerves. It's good to see you. And I'm very blessed to be a part of your experience these years. I'm just going to say this um, before I do anything else. I've been asked to let the people know who are planning to go to Rio Lindo that the scholarships, you need to, I'm just going to look at the people, you need to get the scholarship stuff done or you're going to miss it. All right, took care of that. <laughs> Didn't call any names, just took care of it. Youngest father, married father, Deacon Eli Munyehide. Congratulations, sir. I'm excited for you now that I got some experience. I'm always willing to share <laughs> with you. The truth is today, this sermon may become a little personal, Brother Smith. Uh, it may be a little personal in some areas. Um, since this is my first Father's Day sermon, and this is my first Father's Day, uh, and, and, um, and so this is a very young father's sermon, since I'm a young father. <laughs> but I did some work. Uh, uh, but I wanted to spend some time talking with you, and um, uh, I, I don't know if I, I think I'll be able to go through it because I haven't spoken to my own father for eight years. And it's so funny, as I sat there, I talked to myself, and I said, you know, I didn't speak to him for the first eight years when he asked me to leave his property, his home, you know. <laughs> and I'm calculating that after I finally did what the Lord told me to do, to make amends with him, and it didn't work out like I thought it would. I thought I would be embraced and kissed and hugged. That didn't work that way. So it's another eight years. So I suppose I should give it another shot. Right? Right. And I will. I will. Hence my subject today, we need fathers. We need fathers. As I sat there thinking about my own father and the kind of father I want to be now that I have a son <laughs> I found out that fathering is not easy in fact in fact when the nurse told me uh, Danny when the, when the nurse told me to hold one of the legs Yes. Hold the left leg. Help your wife. Put your right hand behind her back. And then, then, then you see things you've never seen in your life. And you feel like you want to cry, but you can't. And you're nervous and anxious at the same time. Uh, fathering is not easy. It's not easy. But we need fathers. I invite us to pray right now. Father, my father, my heavenly father, I ask, oh God, that your people who are here today come for various reasons. You know their hearts. You know what's bugging them, what's on their minds. But today, oh God, I 
we celebrate our fathers and fatherhood. And I pray, O oh God, that you may season my words so that they may be delivered the right way. Translate the message, O oh God, so that it may be a blessing to everyone. Come, Holy Spirit, bathe me and touch my tongue. Use me, Father, for thine own sake we pray. Amen. We need fathers. The text says in 1 John chapter 2, take out your Bibles. Do you have your Bibles, church? Lift up the word of God so I can see it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. I love to smell the pages of the Bible. It's beautiful, especially when it's new. Amen. You know, I got a preaching Bible, and I got a devotional Bible, and I got various Bibles for different times. <laughs> and sometimes when you leave your Bibles in church, I collect them. So sometimes I'm preaching with your Bible up here, and my wife, she says, suppose one of, one of them just stop you in your sermon and say, that's my Bible. I said, well, I'm, I'm just trying to help a brother or a sister out, you know. Just trying to remind you. Now, this is my Bible today, so don't try that. This is, this is my Bible, okay? The Word of God, 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 12. To 14, I just wanted to remind us, it was read so well, um, but I wanted to read it again for you. Uh, the Bible says, I have done what? I have written to you, I'm reading from the New King James Version. I have written to you, fathers, uh, 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 let me start at verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And then John does something funny, something unusual in Scripture. And when something is unusual, you need to back up a little. Then he says again, I write to you, little children. Because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Didn't John just repeat himself? He must have done it for a reason. I just want to congratulate all the fathers all the fathers who are working diligently to be good fathers. Grandfathers, you know, stepfathers, biological fathers, yes? Uh-huh, spiritual fathers. I just want to congratulate you any kind of way that you're encouraging to inspire, inspire and encourage people to be all they can be. Being a father is an important and difficult task because your authority and role as a father is constantly challenged. Some fathers may even feel somewhat pushed aside. He's often misunderstood. He fights battles on the outside and battles on the home front. <laughs> Sometimes he's physically and emotionally drained, starved of companionship and starved of intimacy. Wink, wink at intimacy. He's got to deal with various moods of, of, of people, of the people he loves at different stages in life. At four years old, my daddy, McCandy, can do anything. Is Superman. At seven years old, my daddy knows a lot, a whole lot. At 12 years old, Jaslyn, uh, oh well, 
Of course, father doesn't know anything or doesn't know everything. At 14, father, oh, he's so old-fashioned. <laughs> he doesn't know how to Twitter. He doesn't know how to text. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about Facebook or Facebooking. At 21, oh, that man is out of date. What did you expect of him? At 25, he knows a little bit about it, but not much. At 30, I must find out what dad thinks about it. At 50, what would dad have thought about it? And at 60, I get to understand Ah, some people say, I wish I could talk it over with dad once more. This is saying that we need fathers. Daddies who are tuned in at the critical moments in the lives of their children. We need fathers living up to their God-given responsibilities. One of the reasons church in various areas are so weak uh, in so many places, it's simply because only a few fathers are fulfilling their spiritual duties. I said few because there are still fathers who do their job. Juvenile delinquency, teen pregnancy, children living in poverty, domestic violence against women, child sexual abuse, child neglect, are all fueled by the separation of fathers from the family. Just being present at home doesn't mean you're doing any fathering. More fathers and grandfathers have just got to realize the awesome responsibility of molding our children's spiritual lives. We need more fathers. Hmm? Fathers to do more with their children than just play ball or paper, make paper dolls with them or just to buy them video games or give them cell phones. We need more fathers to be spiritual giants in the family. You know, experience teaches wisdom and experience changes our perspective. Oh, yeah. You can talk about something, encourage people until you find yourself in the same predicament. So before I became a father, I was hard on my own father. As a cop, my father would make glorified promises about spending a great day at the beach. Mama would get us, all four of us, dressed <laughs> and, 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 and ready. And then, then, then he said, I'm going to pick you up at 10 in the morning. And 10 became 11. 11 became 12. And then 1, and then 2. And then we got undressed. <laughs> and, then, and then the night would come and no daddy. Devastating is not a sufficient word to describe how we felt in our disappointment. Daddy just couldn't be trusted. Now I'm older. A little bit more uh, wiser, I'd like to think. A little bit more compassionate and understanding because being a father is a painful process. <laughs> being there all night <laughs> with the baby in your arms. It's a painful process when you want to sleep. It's not that you don't love the baby, but it's a painful process when you see the bed and you can't get in the bed. <laughs> Being there, standing there, not running because you're tired, not running because you want to quit, not running because you are not happy every day, but we still need fathers. You know, you know, boys and girls need their fathers, but I'm, I'm convinced more boys or boys are more vulnerable to self-destruct without a father's guiding influence. You know, my, my parents 
at the instruction of my own father, decided I should go off to grandma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go off to grandma to learn about the rural experience. And so my role models were grandma and auntie. And so, talking about boys needing their fathers. And, and, and so one day, I noticed my auntie in the mirror with a razor. And so Auntie Elder Sanford, she, she got up close to the mirror and got the razor out and shaved her eyebrows, shaped that baby up because she was going on a hot day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was standing by my auntie, and I watched carefully. And when she was out of sight, I got the razor myself, and I went about fixing my eyebrows. Problem was, I wasn't paying keen attention, I thought I was, because I shaved everything off. <laughs> but Monday is coming. Monday morning, got to go to school, brother. Can't stay home until it grew back. So all the time, until the bro go, I grew back, I was always known as broless. Boys need their fathers. So you can't tell me boys don't need their fathers. They need their daddies. Yeah, we need our daddies to be there when the hormones, when the hormones go wild and things start to get a little crazy. <laughs> I can't go as deep as I want to. I may say something that I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to try to be real today. We need fathers there when the hormones get crazy. We need dad there to help us. Ah, with, with, when the, when, 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 help a brother out when the emotions go wild. When we see carelessly dressed girls. Mm-hmm. And, and thoughts run through our minds. We need some daddies to help us process some things. Fathers there to help us to, to, to coach us on our first date. Prepare us for the jolt of electricity that cruises down the back of your spine during the first kiss. To help a brother understand how far you should go. Don't cross there. Stay on this side. Huh? To counsel during courtship and to give words of wisdom to stand the test of time. We really don't want superheroes. Because we know that every superman got a kryptonite. <laughs> we just want our dad to be there. Dad to be real. You see, a father is a guide to a boy. He announces to a boy what he'll become. He explains to him how to chart his course through the chaos of masculinity to arrive at the destination you have in view. And without a father there, no matter how great and wonderful mother is, it's a liability to have a son, for a son rather, not to have a father, because there are some things mother just can't teach me. And I love mama. Talked to her yesterday. So I grieve for all the sons and daughters who never had a father to help them through the maze of masculinity and womanhood. That little girl needs her father. The first man she loves and is loved by. Her protector. Right here is where she develops, I'm told, her love-worthiness. She develops confidence in her femininity. On the other hand, the unfathered girl is more likely to engage in risque behavior. She, she, risque behavior. 
let me check if you understand what I mean. I mean, she lets it all hang out. She let anything climb on top of her. Because psychologically, she doesn't plan this, but psychologically, she's thirsting for daddy's approval. Listen to me. That's why little girls, young girls, sleep with older men. Looking for male reassurance she didn't get from daddy. So fatherlessness leads to more jail sales for boys and more welfare for the girls. And everyone in here knows that there are more white people on welfare than black folk. No father can continue to blame the system for his failures as a father. And as I look out here in abundant life, I see lots of mothers, grandmothers, and grandmamas, great-great-grandmamas. Mm -hmm. Where are the rest of daddies? Huh? Where are the granddaddies? Where are the great-granddaddies? It's hard to be a father, and I think that's why most men give up on it, run away from it, quit, throw in the towel, and a lot of us don't even bother to try. And so if the gatekeepers are absent, our marriages and families are jeopardized. And our boys must still learn how to be men. And so where do you think we learn it? We learn it in the streets. I remember in high school, there was a time when, you know, things start happening, you know. And you start growing a little hair on the beard, you know what I'm saying, yeah. And you start getting a little muscle, you know, biceps and triceps, you know, Elder Odie starts looking good and... You're lifting a lot of metal, you know what I'm saying? Because you know you get a little extra attention. You may be short, but if you pump, maybe all right for you, you know what I'm saying? So you walk with a little bounce like your leg is broken. We don't know why. I don't know why you walk with your leg broken, but it got their attention. So all the bigger brothers did it, so you do it too. Then, 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 then the brothers would, would, when they see a little girl, you know, one of the, the ladies come by, they would just kind of cock back like this and one hand down there. I don't know why we did that, you know, but it start moving leg like this. And so what, what do you think we would do? We continue to do that too. All the boys did that. So you grabbed your crotch whenever the girls go by. Because that was the normal thing to do. You still, without your father, still trying to learn what it is to be a man. And by the way, these commercials, you know, these commercials that make daddy look like he's an idiot. You know, uh, the Andy Griffith show, the other guy, the other guy who acts kind of crazy, uh-huh, uh, right, right, right. Every dad seems to be like him. And if every dad is like Homer Simpson, and if every dad in the commercial, you know how, how they make us look like we can't change a diaper, like we can't prepare a little sandwich, huh? like we can't handle nothing in the house. No, no, we got fins. We don't have a clue as to what to do as fathers. And then, 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 then it doesn't help to hear mama saying, oh, he has no sense. That daddy, daddy is not sensitive. That, <laughs> that how you just want to strangle him. Now how, what do you expect a little boy to think when he hears about his hero being told that mama just want to strangle him and he's no good and he has no sense. What about his self-worth? What about it? I'm so glad my mother, I give her props. I never heard her say a bad thing about my father. Never. 
And I could list a couple of things myself that she could have said, but she never did. She never did. Even when she got punched in the eye, she never did. What we need are some sisters to take some time out to build up the fathers. Take some time to understand the mental makeup of a man. Asking your girlfriends about your husband. Getting advice from a sister about your husband or the father of your child probably won't help. If you need to get into the mind of a man, you probably need to ask another man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what I would encourage you to do. Because in the first place, ladies, you know you think differently from us. You know, and my wife is here, so I got to be tread carefully. All right. So, but I can say this. I, I can say this. I can say this. So, so it's not necessarily that the sister or the wife might be upset about the garbage, right? That she told you to take it out, but, 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 but because you're rooting for a certain team that you can't find a time immediately. But you're going to get to it. Amen? But when it turns out and you sit there and you think about it, later on, you realize it wasn't all about the garbage. It was something entirely different. In fact, I get to understand that, that, that through my years, because, because sometimes sisters, you must understand that you have a leg up on us men in certain things. Let me tell you what I mean. First of all, when my sisters, three of them, were playing with Barbie and doing dollhouse and doing all these things and, 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 and playing house, I was outside playing games. And I pretty much did not want to have anything to do with no dolls because that would be like being a sissy. And we don't like being sissies. So you stay outside, you throw the ball, you play marbles, you do all these things. And all the time, my sisters are there talking about who is the Prince Charming, uh, thinking about these guys, these groups, and they're, they're, they got posters on the wall, and then they joke with each other about who they're going to marry. And it seems to me that they planned it already. Everything is planned out in their little world from early. The only time I'm thinking about marriage is when we get at the altar. <laughs> and even then, look back on the clip, you'll see I'm very serious. <laughs> very serious right here. I'm just straight like a soldier because at the same time I'm processing, Lord, this is the right thing to do, but I really don't know what I'm doing. Spend some time in accepting that when you try to bring a challenge to a brother, to your husband, to the father of your child, the next thing, if we can't fix it right away, we're going to go into our shells. We're going to back up. And if I can't fix it, I'm frustrated. So when I leave a certain place, down in 1720 J Street, and I'm not too happy about how things turned out, and I go home with it, and I get to the door, I kind of do a little thing to change my face. But even when I go in, and I try to play the game that everything is all right, alas, my wife sees through the facade. And she wants to talk about it. But I don't want to talk about it right now. I want to spend some time to brood over it, to see how I'm going to work it out. And that doesn't go over well, because why? Ladies want to talk first, because that's how it works. You got a problem? Let's talk about it, honey. Let's work it right out right now. No! Men, we want to take some time to work it through. And if you push us, you push us away. Because we're just going to retreat back up and back up. And then we become silent. We clam up. <laughs> and that means it's over. No more talking. 
So we should take some time to understand the mind of our fathers, the mind of a man. Can a daddy get some love from the sisters? I mean, we hear about Mother's Day for months. What? Am I not telling the truth? Are you with me? We hear about Mother's Day for months in JCPenney, Macy's, everywhere you go. And they celebrating. And if you don't have your gift on the ready, you got a problem for your mother because you are evil. Come around a Father's Day, they break out some ugly tie. And they want you to wear it. And you, you put the tie down from last year and the other ties and the other ties. And daddy, why don't you wear the tie? Because it's ugly. I don't want to wear the tie. Yeah, you know, I'm not talking about this, you know. I know some of you thinking. It's not what I'm talking about. Spend some time thinking about us, taking time out to understand that deep within us, sometimes we are broken, frustrated, anxious. We don't like things to be out of control. It makes us uneasy. It really does. Appreciate the fathers, man. And if you have a great father, let him know. And even if he's not so great, God says to honor him anyhow. John says, I'm writing this letter to the children. And the children, they're all of us. All of us. Children. That's what it means. Children. So you will... You would know all of us are forgiven. Mm -hmm, that's where it starts. Forgiveness. Today some fathers and some kids will have to settle some differences. Because you are forgiven. Washed in his blood. And it's possible because John says you know the Lord. And if you don't know him, get to know him. John is trying to say. Indirectly, we need fathers. But there are some fathers we can do without. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> there are some character traits in fathers we can do without. As the first human father, Adam, had no example to follow except God. He had no predisposition to sin, and yet he plunged the entire world into sin. Adam has much to teach today's fathers about the consequences of our actions and the absolute necessity of obeying God. We don't need fathers like Lot who pitched it, uh, 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 their tents towards Sodom. Lot's career came first and the family would have to understand. They'd have to sacrifice. Genesis 13, 10 to 13, you can write these texts down, says, says, says to us that there's much more to making the money and taking care of the family's finances. Because at the end of the day, no one really cares about the millions you make. And all too often, fathers make the mistake of trading the toys for time and a child would do anything I would do anything just to spend some time with dad I don't want your money keep your toys I want you we don't need fathers like Eli who failed to discipline his children in 1 Samuel 3, verse 13. The Bible says there, Eli, Eli restrained them not. Strong fathers, no respect, order, and discipline starts with me. 
at home with the man in the mirror. The greatest influence on your children is not what you say, but it is what you're doing. So when a father is overly permissive, he is a detriment to the family. And let me tell you something. They may not know it now, but let me tell you, when they get older and they learn and they realize what you did to them, it's going to come to haunt you. We don't need fathers like Achan who practice theft, deception, and dishonesty. Joshua 7, 25, verse 26, Bible says, Joshua said, why, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble you. Achan managed to trouble an entire community, an entire country, an entire nation, and had his family executed along with himself. Dishonest fathers cannot be effective and spiritual fathers. We don't need fathers like Jeroboam was to Nadab. 1 Kings 15, 25 to 26. Nadab, the Bible says his son, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa, king of Judah. Verse 26. And his son did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father. And in his sin wherein they made Israel to sin. Nadab was a chip off the old block. Let's look at your children. I am fearful of mine. Because every time we seek to change him, I notice some trait of his. And already we can know and notice in him that we can see in ourselves. And he's only eight months. And every now and then I'm tempted. I won't tell you what I'm tempted to do. But there are some fathers that we praise God for in the Bible. Oh yeah. We need more fathers like Joshua. Who trusted God against all odds. When ten of his brethren said, we can't do it. There are giants in the land and our enemies, we are but grasshoppers. And Joshua stood up along with his brother Caleb and said, we can do it. Let's go possess the land. We need some father with, fathers with true grit and guts to stand up in the midst of a rebellious people and declare if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He must have had some confidence in his family. He must have set the example in his family. Joshua didn't care what other fathers were doing. He and his family would serve the Lord. We need more fathers like Abraham. Abraham, Genesis 18, 19 says, He will command, he commands his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. We need more fathers like Noah. Who walked with God. Hebrews 11.7 says. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Moved with fear. Prepared an ark. To the saving of his house. We need more fathers like Enoch. Hebrews 11 verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that it should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We need more fathers with the humility of David. Yeah, David. David, David. Where's my friend David? David, yeah, David. King David caught in a cesspool of adultery. 
lies, deceit, and murder. A dark and lonely dungeon of despair, far, far away from God. But Psalm 51 speaks to David's courage. Confessing his iniquity and return to oneness with God. No machismo here. No testosterone now. Just pure humility. Just David humbling himself before God. For he knows there is healing for his soul. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Verse 10. I'm so glad to let you know, fathers, that God wants to do just that for you today. Amen. Yes, you may have made some mistakes, but God wants to do something special for you. We need more fathers like Job, praying Job, who would pray for his children, his sons and his daughters, just in case they messed up. I tell you today, we need fathers. We need fathers. John says, I'm writing to you fathers because you have come to know godly fathers are protecting, nurturing, sponsoring. As a protector, your children learn how to navigate their way amid the dangers of life. As nurturer, you spend quality time together with your wife even though you don't feel like it. Caring for the children and the household. As sponsor, you pass on to your children the fruit of your loins, a valued way of life, showing them what sort of person they are to be and how they are to live. We need fathers. We need fathers. And just in case you're sitting there saying, what about me, preacher? What about me? I want to introduce you to a perfect father. The greatest father of all. Your biological father may not understand you, may rebuff you. Your biological father may not have spent the time with you when you needed him most. In, that, in, in those critical junctions or junctures in your life, when he was not there, there is a father. There is a father there who will stand by you, who has unconditional love for you, who does not count your mistakes, who will stand by you through thick and through thin, who will understand and collect your tears who reads you like a book, he knows you, a perfect father. Mm -hmm. And your stepfather, I know your stepfather really can't be your biological father. And that's why real fathers can't depend on stepfathers to fulfill their duties. Because that brings discontinuity and disloyalty, it appears, in the home. Yes. Stepfathers, there are some that have been successful to bridge the gap. But kids need their real fathers. But then there are spiritual fathers in here who have done the work, put in the time. You have meant a lot to people. God has blessed you to bless someone else. I want to introduce you to a heavenly father. You may be a broken father. Distraught, Father, you have failed. You don't fit the mold of what it is to be a successful father. I want to introduce you to a heavenly father who will be there through the ceaseless ages of eternity. You want to know how to be a good father? Consult his manual. Oh, yeah. Consult the manual to be a successful father. Don't cry about it. Yeah, I know you wish you had daddy every time this time of the year. Some of us can see our fathers and what we would like him to be. 
And then some of us have got some great fathers who have been there. First date, first prom. Been there when you got pregnant. Been there when you were messed up. Been there when you were strung out on drugs. Been there when you were in jail. Been there when you came out of jail. Been there when you went back to jail. Been there still trying to call you, trying to win you, trying to pray for you, trying to lift you up. Praise God for the day when you can celebrate that father. I want you to stand with me today. We want to give God thanks for our fathers. I'm done. But praise God for fathers. Praise God for fathers. You know, unfathered children run the risk of being approval addicts. Looking for approval. Looking for attention throughout your life. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you will forever be unwhole. You will forever be broken within yourself until you come to terms with the Heavenly Father. I got an appeal to make because I must. I wonder today if somebody wants to dedicate himself or herself to the Heavenly Father. If that person is you, I want you to come on down to the front. If you want to dedicate yourself to the Heavenly Father, come on down to the front. Come on down right here. I want to pray with you. You want to dedicate yourself to the Heavenly Father. Come to the front. Amen. Amen. You're coming because you may not have a father. Maybe you do have a father. Maybe you are a young father. Amen, brother. You swung it on out on here. Thanks for teaching them how to do it. Is there someone else here today who would like to dedicate himself or herself to the Heavenly Father? Hey, brother. Praise God for what he's doing. I have nothing to do with this. I cannot claim anything. I can't move you. The only person can move you is the Holy Spirit. And I know some of you know, you can almost hear the call of the Father. You can't tell me you're not hearing because I heard it for myself. I heard it when I was 20 years old and I couldn't resist that call. Something begged me, pulled me. That's it. Every time you come, you're encouraged and you're made more courageous to do it again. And you will find in your life that the struggles you have, every time you make a stand for God, it gets easier along the way. I promise you, hey, 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 try Jesus for yourself. I tried him for myself. Now come get your own experience, because I can't save you. Pastor Lee Wars can't do it for you. That's why I'm recommending Jesus to you. Now, some of you are saying, Daddy, Abba, I hear you calling, but there's too much going on in my life right now. Club, the honeys, the girls, the boys. Right now I'm in a relationship. Father, deep down I know it's not good for me. It's not awesome. But I'm hungry for attention, Father. I'm thirsting for, for acceptance and approval. Hey, let me tell you, you don't have to settle for that. You don't have to settle for the scraps, for the leftover. Right now. 
God has something better in store for you. For you. Good to see you. For you. For all of you. So I recommend the Father. Hey, tell you something else. I want to tell you something else. Only you know what's going on in your life. And you know how much you need God. So based upon your need, <laughs> based upon your need, that's how you will move. Aren't you tired of playing with God every Sabbath? Huh? You're not tired yet? Well, uh, let me tell you something. You see, when a man is drowning, we can pretend and play church. But when it gets desperate in your life, when you get to that place, when you hit rock bottom, you'll stop playing. You won't pretend anymore. <laughs> you're going to want a real experience with Jesus. I'm not saying you're out of time. I'm saying to make the best of the time you have right now, right this moment, in this place. Are you here? Right now. Jesus can fix it. Just I'm through playing games myself. There's nothing better. I'm through playing games myself. Because after a while, it gets played out. The same thing, you know, the booze you drink. Get high, then you get low. Lord, forgive me. Drink booze, get high. You are to know and the cycle continues. You're probably saying, Pastor, you don't know what's going on with me, man. <laughs> if you only knew, Pastor, right I don't care what you're going through. Today, Personally, just come. all I know is that we got a big God. And your little come problem on, is only on, this on. in his sight. He can do something extraordinary in your life. Hey, put him to the test. Check him out. Kick the tires. Lift the hood. See what's under the engine. Check out what he's offering to you. Praise God. I'm going to end it here. Right now. It's not over for you down there. Just come. I know this. Bow your heads, church. Maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I don't have to come down. I'm going to recommit my life right now where I am. I'm right here. I'm going to recommit. You know, pastor, I'm, 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 I'm nervous. Well, while the church is praying, I just want you, watch this. Simple stuff. While the church is praying, and you want a breakthrough for your life, just raise your right hand while the prayer is going on. Just lift that hand. Right, left, it don't matter. Just hold your hand up. God sees it. Right, right. Keep those hands up right there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pray. Here I go. Here I go. Hold it up there. Special need, praying about school, praying about the future, where you're going to go, praying for the fathers, praying for the families, being better fathers. Being the best father, Just you don't have to be like the other father. Be the best father you can be. Just come. That's what God is asking of you. Father, thank you. Just come. Father, thank you. Father, Just thank you come. for my own father. Wherever he is today, touch him. Mold him. Do something special in his heart. And in the same token, I want to pray for the fathers who seemingly have, have left their families. It was too much, and they quit. Threw in the towel, ran off. Visit them today, wherever they are. Oh God, I want to thank you for those fathers who are trying, who work two and three jobs to keep the family together. 
who make sacrifices day in, day out, who go through frustrating circumstances, oh God, to make it happen in their families, who lead by example. Thank you, Jesus, for fathers who are faithful, who stand by their wives, stand by in the family, stand by their kids, who, 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 who faithfully support their children. Thank you, Father, for the fathers. We can do better as fathers, as men in abundant life. We can do better to strengthen the areas in our church that need strengthening. Father God, do it. And what about my friends who came down today? You know their hearts. This is not a show, God. We know you're real. Oh, we tried you before. When we were on our last dime, on our last look, you were there for us. Oh, and you brought us through. So, Father, just as how you did it for some of us, you can do it for all of us. Help them by faith, oh God. Do something miraculous and spontaneous in their lives today. Touch them. Bring healing to their souls. Strengthen where they need to be strengthened. Father God, do it today. Oh, Lord, for somebody who made a commitment to you today to walk on a journey with you, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on them. Make them and mold them and fill them. For we ask it in the name that's above every name. The mighty name of Jesus. Let God's people say, Amen. Say hallelujah. Say praise the Lord for good measure. Amen. Please be seated.